Live. Live on. Live on set. And welcome to another episode of Live on Set. Live on Set, the weekly pop culture podcast where I'm talking film, music, sports, television with my friends, family, and people I meet along the way. Joining me on set today, not only a good friend, but a good friend to the podcast, making his third appearance on Live On Set. Please welcome back to the show, Connor Brown. Connor? I said it when I was a guest the second time, and I just feel like every subsequent time I'm going to have to continue to say it. When's that co-hosting title? Um, Sure. When do I get that? Is that like a, you know, order of the British Empire, like sort of I got to get knighted sort of thing? There's going to be a ceremony involved. There would definitely be some sort of of ceremony. I think the Orlando listeners to the show would love it. We'd probably do it in the parking lot of the Beefy King, have friends and family come, get a bite to eat, and then you know, kind of, I don't know where we'd go, but um, no, that that's like the holiest place I can think of, really. Then that go across the street and see a show. Uh-huh. what's that place the, the plaza theater the plaza theater yeah so that venue has hosted many iconic people over the past couple of years andrew dice clay the cast of the trailer park boys and um <laughs> most notably tracy morgan i know some friends that went to that show and they said it was quite the experience well most notably kansas wasn't kansas there kansas was there the band yes was there wow um i've seen the the band lake street dive i've seen them there loved it now jimmy Uh, allen only went to bv king he didn't then go to that theater right no i believe it was only to bv king they have like that newspaper uh article framed and put um up by the door um, but I think that was one of the times, and he's done it a couple of times where they do like a a, sh- a couple of shows for like, like that week from Universal. Universal. Yeah, I think one of the weeks was when his his ride at Universal was opening, which right. I think can be an episode in and of itself. Oh sure. If you want to ever talk about it? Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, I, I think that Beefy King is a place that could really you know bring people together. I know it's a staple of Orlando, so I think that is probably the the best place to really kind of do any sort of ceremony bb king another thing that could be an episode in and of itself of course of course we could riff on that for and and i guess i'll I'll say it now just so i don't forget that next door to beefy king is the drunken monkey and they do not sell alcohol one of my least favorite things about orlando is that establishment never (laughs) set foot in it but it's just what a stupid name because it's a coffee house, right? Never stepped foot in it, and I never will. I I honestly have no idea what it is. That's like a place, you know, being named Java Nation, and they don't serve any coffee. I also think that, because I know some people who have told me about this, that there's like stand-up nights, so people kind of go there. And I know that one person went to go there, and I was like, hey, like, I'm going to go up in a little bit, but can I get a drink? Do you guys have any, like, what's like your alcohol menu? And they're like, yeah, we we don't sell alcohol. Interesting. So I'm sure that would have, I don't know the person that well, but I heard, I heard that story uh, before. I'm not sure if that was incorporated into his material on stage, but that's definitely got to be something that people have definitely said in that place before. Do you think they at least serve bananas there? I would hope so. I mean, no, I know for a fact that that is on the, the logo outside the door. A banana? Yes. Yeah, but there's also the word 
or drunken on the logo and there's no there's nothing to drink that would make you like that that's also true i I don't want to kind of i don't want to bail out the drunken monkey but i will say one time i was flying home from new york i had a layover at an airport that we've been to many times the the greensboro airport um and i went to pizza hut let me get something kind of hold me over and pizza hut did not have pizza that day uh so um obviously no pizza hut a a global uh or at least a a big thing here in the u.s i'm not sure uh for the live on set listeners globally if they've had pizza hut but um yeah the drunken monkey i can assure you is the one and only so but we'll see what happens i mean liquor licenses these days i mean you'd hope right but i'm glad that you came back on the show a lot of this uh show is definitely something that we have loved discussing and and um your podcast wdw opinion uh is something that i very much uh look up to and and your content is bringing people back episode after episode bringing them back to the pod so thank you for coming back a choice to come back you really kind of you know force my hand here all i hope is when we're done with this episode my wife and kids are okay Uh, there's no way to say this. I'm deep with the sharks and I need your help. And um, it's something that it, I, I really tried multiple, multiple times. I did the same thing with my friend Devin, who was on towards the end of season one, where I said that I had one person back out one week and I had to push uh, my friend a couple of weeks. So I tried doing an episode by myself where I tried doing an impression of someone else to kind of keep with the conversation. And I, <laughs> well, I couldn't, I couldn't well, do it. Well, I need that file. Right. No, I need it. No, it's called the lost tapes. <laughs> I need that. It will remain where it is. Did you go like a Dick Van Dyke Cogni accent? No, what I did was I was messing around in GarageBand and I had it there and I was just trying to, um, I, I did delete it, but like, it was so funny. And I was trying to just kind of like see what I could do to mess around when I was trying to kind of plan something out. And it was so bad. Yeah. I put it out of its misery. Oh, God. Yeah, you put it down, I guess. Kind of just dragged it to the little trash can. <laughs> See it right there. Oh, okay. So the clouds got it now. But um, no, but but something I kind of said earl- a little bit earlier in the in the intro when we were talking about uh, the various, the, the, the diverse acts that come to the Plaza Theater. I did mention their trailer park boys, but the aspect of pop culture that we're going to discuss kind of throughout uh, our time on set together today is television. So Trailer Park Boys, for those who are a fan, that is a uh, a television show. And we'll kind of work our way through a couple of our favorites. And then for our main segment, we're going to talk about New Girl. But uh, I know I, I'm, I'm Zooming with you. I'm seeing you. I haven't, I haven't been in the same uh, room as you in a couple of months now. But um, either pre-pandemic or during the pandemic, are there any TV shows that you either watch for the first time or shows you kind of got got back into i don't know about if there's anything i've gotten back into there's been plenty of time to crush through some shows you know so i've definitely done a lot of that during this pandemic um i really enjoyed the and i know you talked about it with joe molsky um the tottenham hotspur documentary on amazon i enjoyed that so much that i went and watched another one that amazon did with uh manchester city okay that's good um and then i was just on this really big soccer kick 
So I, on Netflix, I did Sunderland till I die, <laughs> which is very similar, but it's uh, much more depressing, I guess you could say. And it, and it focuses on the fans a lot. Mm-hmm. And then I was still on that kick. And this is a kick that's just been like in the last month or so. I did the entire series, which there's only two seasons right now, but uh, Formula Uh, Formula, Formula Uh, on Formula uh, yes, very good as well. Docu series. I like exploring those kind of things just because it's like a whole nother world that I never knew existed. But you see just how much money gets pumped into that stuff and how many characters there are in it and and the like the operations behind it and stuff. I don't know. I found it entertaining and I found it. Uh, pretty fascinating. Um, I'm trying to think, you know, ones other than that, Queen's Gambit was running hot and this that a, a plug and I crushed through that thing about chess. Still can't play chess, but this is how my mind works. I think after watching that, I could beat the best player in the world. Sure. Like that's, I think I'm capable of doing that afterwards. So after I watched the Tottenham Hotspur documentary, I thought I could be a striker in the Premier League easy. Absolutely. Yeah. So, um, if there's been too much else recently, but I think, you know, and what we're going to talk about a lot of like our favorite comedies and stuff, those are ones where, because it puts you like in a happy mindset and stuff that you can rewatch time and time again. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like with dramas, it's kind of more one and done, at least for me a lot of the times, but, but comedies I can just put on, put on as background noise. Um, focus on even I can I can watch an episode of a comedy for you know a hundred episodes a hundred times in a row and I can still enjoy it so I think that that's the the appeal of the sitcom and and things like that yeah no absolutely and for me I I know that with, with TV shows what I love about them the most and and you know me I'm a movie guy but when it comes to like television shows those shows even if it's a, a season or two long or like my favorite show, that's on television has been on longer than we've both been alive, like SNL. So it's not like I have not seen every episode of SNL, but I really kind of got it, got into it towards the end of middle school and very much like religious for me. Like I watch it every week and we've watched a lot of episodes together, but shows like the office and parks, new girl, arrested development, we'll kind of get into that, but you're completely, I completely agree with you when you're, when you're talking about dramas. So game of Thrones, I watched that entire series was very much into it. Only a couple episodes of that show I've only seen more than once. The Sopranos, loved it. Probably the best show I've ever seen. I've only, I have never seen an episode of that show more than once. Same with Breaking Bad. Um, But I did, over the pandemic, just over the past couple of weeks, I did watch Ozark, which I really enjoyed. And it was a show that I tried, I think, three times to get into it uh, before I could finally kind of push through And, um, I think when I tried it previously, I was already in the middle of a show. I know I, I tried starting it like the first season or the the first or second season when game of Thrones was kind of like winding down or kind of like an in in between, um, breaks of some other shows like true detective. Uh, but now that I really had nothing really going on, I watched all of Ozark within like a two week span and I thought it was great. Um, there's going to be. I know that when Jason Bateman, the week he hosted SNL early in December, he was on Jimmy Fallon. And I think the fourth season will be the final season and they'll do something just like breaking bad, kind of like a four, a four B part one, part two. So like 14 episodes, seven and seven. So 
Ozark for anyone who is listening or uh, for you, Connor, if you haven't watched uh, that show, I, I definitely do recommend it. Um, but no, completely agree with you with like the comedy. So like right now, we talked about a little bit when we were catching up before we started recording. I started Superstore the day after I finished Ozark. 21, 22 minute NBC comedy. I think I'm pretty sure it's all in the air today has over 100 episodes. I'm halfway through season three. I think it's great. There's, there's a lot of similarities with some of the characters for some of the shows that I'm sure we'll talk about uh, over the course of the episode today. Um, but Superstore, Ozark, along with the other dramas that I mentioned, you know, Game of Thrones, Breaking Bad, um, Sopranos, those are all shows that um, I have very much enjoyed. And I think that um, if you haven't watched them yet, you should definitely give them a try. I've um, I've attempted with Ozarks as well. And I think I'm probably in the same situation as you, Austin. I don't know why. My one, my other best friend, he swears by it. Like he he and his wife love it. And I and I, I didn't really get get into it. Or, or I, I've tried a couple times. And yeah, I don't know what it is. But, you know, hopefully third time's a charm because I've never heard anything like bad about it. But that's also a thing of like, if you hear people talking about it, then the incredible thing about like Netflix and all this stuff is that if something sucks, you just stop watching it. Like you don't have to keep watching it. You don't have to be invested in anything. Right. Um, I think back in the day, it was kind of like, well, nothing else is on. We got to watch it. You know, we really got to get this. This is what we're, this is what we, this, these are our only options. Right. You know, now our options are pretty much endless. So. And I'll give Superstore a try, I guess. But I did, I did offer this, and I'd like it to be to be put on the record now because I texted you. I said, I'll watch some episodes of Superstore when you watch a couple episodes of Peaky Blinders. So there were. I put up a Graham story first week of November. I said, hey guys, I'm looking for uh, some TV show recommendations. Uh, send me, send me a DM if you, or slide rather, if you have some good ideas and the two most popular were Ozark and Peaky Blinders. So that's hurtful. Do you know how hurtful that is? It's so hurtful to me. It's bad. It's bad. And I've been telling you for a couple years now. Oh, numerous times. You got to get on Peaky Blinders champ. You got to get it. It's the best. It's. I think it might be the best drama series I've watched. I've never okay. seen Soprano start to finish, but and and Peaky Blinders is still going. There's going to be a couple extra, a couple a couple more seasons. But um, the first two three seasons of it, especially, are are phenomenal. They're just incredible. But then for you to get all those DMs, and it's Ozarks and Peaky Blinders one two, and then you don't you know you're not validated enough by your own your own bud connor brown over here saying you got to get on peaky blinders you go and you hey i'm gonna turn around could you reach through the computer and pull the knife out of my back man (laughs) uh we're having a nice time no (laughs) i I, uh peaky blinders i I will say it right now because i'm um with with our friend hank he has been telling me for for months now to watch ted lasso and i haven't done it yet Oh, you got to watch Ted Lasso too. That's delightful. But here's the thing about this. I totally agree with you when you're like, if you have one drama series going that you're watching, you can't have two. That's not how it works. But I think with like what you're doing with Superstore, what you can do with Ted Lasso even, they're incredible palate cleansers. Like 
you just can zone out. You don't have to know what's going to happen. What's going to happen next? Um, some instances in Ted Lasso are like that because it's it, there's drama involved and stuff. But Ted Lasso is probably the most delightful show I've ever seen. It's okay. like a delight is like the perfect word to describe it. No, it's definitely something that, and, and this could be something that's definitely incriminating on me, on me. And I and I tell people, or it's one of two phrases I'll say. I'll check it out. Yeah. Okay. One. Or, or, two, or that's or, a lot. Right. When he says that he'll one. never. All right. Or two. I'll add it to the list. Yeah. Which, Which there's no list, by the way. No. The list of things. Right. <laughs> the list. He's not writing this down anywhere. I think if you went out to my car and you checked, I have minimum 15, 20 pens or pencils in the glove compartment or just what I would do is when I leave the office, I'd have a pen in my pocket. I just leave it in the car. I have numerous ways to have a list and write them down or keep it in my phone. I don't have a list. When was the last time you think you wrote something? Um, Not signing a receipt. Oh, oh thank God. 2009 <laughs> oh, wow yeah uh, dear diary yeah <laughs> no diary. i um so peaky of i know is netflix right so or it's on netflix so that is definitely something that i like what you said there about, about like palate cleansers because superstore for me uh is that's exactly what it is ozark can get pretty intense um some some funny things kind of here and there. Uh, but Superstore, if you just give me, I would say through the end of this week, like I, I can knock out eight to 10 episodes a day. I, I mean, I take naps yeah. all day. So yeah. like it's, it's, I'm not working this week, the week that we are recording it. Um, but I, I mean, it's, it's something that I can knock out uh, a good amount of episodes. The one thing that I was thinking about doing was starting December 1st, since the, the office is left netflix december 31st was to divide up the amount of episodes and watch the series one final time on netflix and then i saw i'd have to watch like eight and a half or 8.7 episodes per day and i said this is not going to happen yeah so i just didn't do it so i i watched a couple episodes like the greatest hits for for my greatest hits uh, for, uh in december but but no superstore once i get on that um I'm gonna have to make a choice between Peaky Blinders and Ted Lasso. Ted Lasso, I know, is only one season, yeah. And then, and then Peaky Blinders, um, which I've honestly only heard good things about. I will definitely; um, those are those are going to be my two. That that's a promise that those will be those will be my two. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. good. Add it uh, to. The yeah, no, I'll I'll check it out. That's how. <laughs> hey, Thanks. I'll Thanks. check I'll check it out. Before we get to New Girl, I definitely want to talk about a couple of shows. And the first being Seinfeld. So Seinfeld for me, it never would seen. be never seen you never seen the show. No, 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 never seen the show. Never seen never seen the show. Let's roll the tape. I'm <laughs> joking. Uh, that's not true. Um, but that's a show for me, and, and we're the same age, so I'm sure it was the same thing kind of for you growing up. Definitely a show that was um is now syndicated and has been for a while. That was a show that I watched every day, kind of growing up on TBS, where I'd come home and I put on homework. Um, there were a couple of shows that were kind of in that rotation that um, whether if I was kind of home from school that day or it was a weekend, like from 9 a.m. to 10 or 9 a.m. to 11, be the Fresh Prince. But in that afternoon slot, it would kind of be a couple of different shows, King of Queens, Friends, and Seinfeld. But Seinfeld, from a very early age, I loved 
And it's one of those shows that granted it's been off the air for, for going on now 20 years, if not more than 20 years now that you can argue is just as relevant today as it was then. That show is above all things is probably the funniest show I've ever seen. It definitely is for me. It's the number one show of all time for yep. me. Uh, it's the funniest show ever for me. It's so quotable. Um, you look up uh, like all these words that Seinfeld invented, like yada yada. It was entered to the into the dictionary. Like all this other stuff was entered into the dictionary. It had such an impact on on pop culture for sure. For yeah. for you know, and I think we're seeing the after effects of it too. Like the people that in their formative years were watching Seinfeld are now creating the shows, and you can see that sort of pacing and style in those in those series that that definitely comes from Seinfeld um which is great but I'm like you man this is a show that for me was based on routine you know every day you get back from school and I remember from six to to eight o'clock on our local Fox affiliate it was two episodes of Seinfeld two episodes of the Simpson Simpson And I would watch it religiously. And Simpsons is like, you know, number two for me, I think. And both of those shows are are so iconic, obviously. So to be able to rewatch them over and over and over again. And it's also weird, awesome, just because like Seinfeld is a show that I've seen every single episode many multiple times for sure. I've never seen it in order from start to finish, but okay. I can... I know the exact order. I know what happens when. I know when, you know, uh, uh, Elaine is dating Putty. I know when yep. when Susan is involved. I know, you know, all of those things. I know when, you know, Kr- Kramer is on the Jay Peterman uh, kick and he's, <laughs> he's he sold his life rights to Jay Peterman and he does the bus tour. And, and I know all that, you know, you know, when George is working for the Yankees and when he isn't. Right. Um, all that stuff. So... I think that's interesting because I've never watched it start to finish. I think I always say one day I will like on Hulu now because Hulu has it all. Right. But I think that that's a big thing too, Austin, because when you look at like these, these deals of like how much these shows are going for. So like friends pulls, gets pulled off of Netflix to get put on HBO max because Warner brothers owns it, you know? Right. And there, that was a, that was a hundred million dollar deal. More than that. The office, same thing gets pulled from Netflix to get put on um, Peacock. Peacock. Right. Those shows are, are newer than Seinfeld, but you know, friends kind of overlapped a little bit and and went right after it. Um, But I think Seinfeld was, was getting just as much of a deal, hundreds of millions of dollars for Hulu to, to acquire the rights to it for streaming purposes. Whatever service isn't paying that kind of money for I Love Lucy. I Love Lucy might be iconic, but they're not paying hundreds of millions of dollars to, to right. keep it on right. streaming. Like that. I'll never forget our last year uh, in college was the SNL 40th. And one of the bits that Jerry Seinfeld did, he came out and he did like the monologue and he was kind of like Q&A for the audience. And one of the people... That's the best bit. Yeah, By far. Uh, that's the bit I look up all the time. From, oh, 40. That's and, the one I look up. And Seinfeld wrote that with John Mulaney. Oh, gosh. And 
but one of the people that he asked in the audience, of course, Larry David, who had a brief stint as a writer on SNL. People know him today through his work with Seinfeld, A Curb Your Enthusiasm, and being back on SNL doing some Bernie Sanders things. But there was something, like they said, that was probably like a joke, which if you kind of take it out for a second and I'll remind you of it, and you'll, you'll remember it, I know you will, is, and they say it when they go on that back and forth during the SNL 40th, Seinfeld was kind of like that last golden ticket, that last ride out of town. Like that was something that Larry David and and Seinfeld, the biggest deal really kind of like ever for co-creators of a show and the star of a show to really kind of happen. I know that like shows that might not be loved by all, but um, like the Big Bang Theory towards the end when they were re-upping their contracts, they were getting some of them like more than a million an episode and that syndication that's on so many channels if you're flipping the channels at night. But I just really kind of think going back to it, like Seinfeld, and I said it earlier, it is that show that we're in 2021, right? And that show originally debuted at what, the end of the 80s, early 90s, and it ran for seven, eight, nine years. Yeah, nine seasons. Nine seasons. Like that show is, it that, that SNL 40, like that joke right there, and I remember it that night where we were all sitting together, and I've watched that same bit a number of times on YouTube over the years. And when they said that, that like that statement, we were the two that kind of had that last golden ticket, like that last like first class trip out of town. That's so true. Yeah. And, and no disrespect to really kind of some of the shows that, um, like you said, with friends who kind of started a little bit there. Like I was never big into cheers. Cheers was massive before cheers during the seventies, early eighties, Matt, like mash massive Seinfeld massive. Like there are just some of those like comedy shows that are like generational shows where we had shows that ran a hundred plus episodes, some longer than that, that I really, I might really enjoy, but I would never say it's better than Seinfeld. Like my favorite show ever is the office. The office as a whole is not better than Seinfeld. And they're like, I love parks and rec. You, you know, I love parks and rec. We're going to talk about new girl, uh, shortly. Um, I was, I was never, and I've tried a couple of times and I just really can't get into it. I have no intentions of ever trying to get through it is how I met your mother. I just, I can't do it. I'm pretty good with friends. Like I'll watch friends. I'm cool with it. Um, but something that I can definitely, just like you said, just kind of pick up an episode here or there, whenever it's on Seinfeld. And I think one of the, there's a Seinfeld documentary that I think HBO did, but you can find it on YouTube. It's so great because you just learn even more so how crazy Larry David is. Yeah. Just with how like every time the network would come back with a note, he'd be like, no, we're not doing that. No, no, no. He'd be like, Larry, just do it. And he's just so crazy. But I think the reason that it was so successful for as long as it was is because the first season to the last season, it stayed the same. So the characters developed, right? They're, they're, they had their arcs and their subplots and stuff like that. But the first episode, you know, the first season, the last season, Jerry was still a serial dater. He didn't have any, he got commitment issues. He wasn't getting married to anyone. Right. Kramer was still a lunatic, always getting into crazy stuff. Right. Elaine was still, you know, <laughs> uh, um, um, 
a, like a really strong character, but just as funny yet still gets thrown around by by you know get boyfriends and stuff like that. George is is still helpless, one hundred and ten percent helpless, and even though there were points in that time where it could have changed and they could have developed as a character, they didn't because they remained characters. They never became human beings, you know? And that's why I think it was so successful. There wasn't a need for, if we look at the office for two branches to, to, to come together for someone to get married. Um, even on parks and rec, how many people in there got married? Every single eligible person got, got hooked up right, right, right. in the cast. Um, with Seinfeld, it was they didn't need any of that. There was still a forward-moving storyline and stuff like that. Like they were doing a TV series, they ended up getting that TV series on, but the characters all remain the same. So I think that that's why it resonated with so many people and it never turned people off because it was it was never like, oh well, Jerry's married now. He's not his same old self, or you know, Elaine's you know uh, respected by all of her peers or. Wow, George is a millionaire, and, and Kramer's has calmed down and is an astute professor now. You know, right. like, those things never happen. Right. Um, even with Big Bang Theory, that was the same thing. Like, all of a sudden, they, you know, there were these, um, uh, um, four desperate idiots who couldn't talk to the girls, and by the end, they're all married. They all have kids, and that's a normal progression for a human being, but. It's a TV character. It's it's not supposed to be a normal person. So right, you can still relate to the Seinfeld characters, though I think, which which is crazy. But it was the biggest thing in the world, Austin. It was the last thing of like appointment television that people called it. Sure, you know, they'd set their watches to. We got to plan ourselves in front of that TV, or if it's not, we got to make sure someone runs back to the house and and tapes it on the VCR. Tapes it. Yeah. No, that's so true. And now we kind of live like in this this like digital age, like if you miss it, if you, if you are someone like me that will want to watch something on television when it's on, whether it's something on cable with, with commercials or something on HBO or something like that, where I'll just kind of watch it start to finish no commercials. And regardless if it's a cable or an HBO show, and I can kind of lock into like, I'm really good about that. And, um, but now people kind of have an option, just don't go on social media, watch it online the next day and, or, or watch it later that night or watch it whenever you want. Like Ozark was out for so long and, and Seinfeld has been out for so long. And I'm, I think I've seen every episode of Seinfeld at least once, just like you, I have not seen in like chronologically start to finish. Um, but it, it's just that show of, I can just put it on whenever, even if I'm halfway through an episode and I'll, I'll watch it because at the end of the day, I know I'll enjoy it. Yeah. And I, and I know that, and we've talked about this to kind of really get specific into like the characters and the organization, like the flow of an episode, it all comes together. Yep. They're all doing something and it all comes together. And, and I'm not saying that there's some shows that have kind of, uh, tried to do that and it hasn't worked out. And then there's some shows that, um, have have done that in their kind of way and it's worked really well and um whether that be a comedy or a drama but um i i definitely like that aspect of seinfeld where like some of the things that they're going through are extremely relatable it's not this big high budget thing it's not a show it's nothing like game of thrones where like that high event big budget sort of uh 
series that towards the end it felt like you were watching a movie every Sunday night. Yeah. It, it's just like it is 22 minutes of just pure relatability, but also quite possibly one of the, if not the most, home run cast of all time. Oh, absolutely. It's perfect. It's absolutely perfect. And and to kind of transition here into New Girl, this might kind of like my first question. And we'll, we'll kind of end with Seinfeld, this last question about Seinfeld and kind of move forward here. With, with New Girl, and I feel like some people would say the same about The Office and Parks, or maybe Arrested Development as well. And there's other shows out there too. Um, Superstore is one of them too. Is Seinfeld one of those shows where is Jerry the best character or is one of the supporting characters the best character to you? That's always a difficult question. My dad talked about this a lot about modern family. And, you know, it would be like, what character do you, you wouldn't care if they just left tomorrow on that show? And my thing is, well, it's always difficult because if this character left them, my favorite character, there's no reason for my favorite character to, to be there. And in Modern Family, it's, you know, Mitchell, I don't, I think Mitchell's annoying. So <laughs> if Mitchell went away, well, then he would take Cam with him. And Cam's the best part about that show, you know? Right. So Modern Family's a little different just because there's no like central figure. No, I don't think Jerry is the best. I think Jer- Jerry. Jerry's the best central figure that's ever been on television. Right. Right. Like he can, he's funny. He has his own problems and flaws and stuff like that. I think, I mean, I think Kramer's probably better than Jerry overall. Yeah. I mean, George is the same way. And even Elena has, has moments like that. But I think I know why you're asking that because in, in new girl, if we want to segue into that, let's do it. It's definitely the case. Right. Like the title character of New Girl is Jess. And there's definitely the quote unquote supporting characters or whatever are, I think, better than than Jess overall. Right. And I I think that's definitely the same with uh, Parks uh, and definitely also the same uh, for me, at least with The Office, where Michael for seven of the nine seasons is the main character, Michael Scott. For me, my favorite character on that show is Dwight. No, and, for me, that's Michael, though. The seasons where Michael's there, Michael's the best. Michael's character. the best character. Okay. For me, yeah. Um, I think like with Parks, it's for me, it, it's, it's, I mean, Ron is such a powerhouse. I, I mean, I'm a big Aziz guy, so love me some Tommy, Tommy Haverford. But uh, there's that, that's such a strong cast, too. But like with New Girl, for that to be like our, our main segment today, I just think it's one of those shows where with Zoe D as Jess, I, she's that, that character that really kind of gets everything started. She runs into a situation where her relationship that she's been with this guy, um, for five, six years comes to an end that she did not see. So she had to move out. And when she moved out, she happened to share a loft with two of the, for at least episode one and, and, I wouldn't say two. I mean, I'd probably say three, three. If I had to list like my top 15, top 20, maybe television characters ever, a couple of them would not all the people in the loft or not all the people on new girl, 
but Schmitty and oh, yeah. Nick Miller. Oh God, yeah. Who are two of the people that are there from day one in the loft? I know Coach. Coach. I know Coach left for a little bit and then he came back and then he left again. Coach was on episode one. Episode. Yep. So he was on Winston episode on one. Two. Yeah. And Winston, who's a pro basketball career in Latvia, came to an end. I mean, when you got to play uphill and downhill basketball <laughs> versus a normal court, I mean, that's probably the sign too. You know, this might not work out for me, but no new girl is one of those shows where the start here and then kind of keep pushing forward is a show where I think the supporting characters make the show more than the, the main character. Yeah. And you almost wonder if there was another name they were going to go for or whatever, you know, just because it is so like, I was once reading this article about how the, the six characters on friends all had the same amount of screen time, like over the course of, of the time, like whether they were by themselves on screen or with another member on screen, it all worked out to like, they were on screen like 20% of the time. Mm-hmm. Seinfeld, it was much more, Jerry was on screen the most. And then it was probably George, Elaine and Kramer, right? With New Girl, I feel like, do you think Jess is on the most? I don't think so. I It might be just be, by the simple fact of it seems like she has the most amount of storylines by herself as well. It's so like there would be episodes where you're like, Winston has one joke in the entire show. Even right. somewhere, Nick joke in an episode and, and that was that. But I don't know for like equal screen time if if what it was. I think I think Jess is on the show the most probably. But yeah, I think those other ones, those other supporting characters are the ones that that make the show for for us for sure. Yeah. No, definitely. And I know I kind of asked you before we started if you had like some of your favorite characters, maybe a favorite supporting character, favorite episodes here or there. But the one thing that I'll say about New Girl is there were only a few episodes of its television run that I watched live on TV. It was a show that I kind of found on Netflix when we were together in school. And the, at the time, the first two seasons were, were out. Mm-hmm. And then we started watching season three kind of as a group. And then a little bit of season four as a group. Then we graduated and I kind of did my own thing for a little bit. But with New Girl... It's a show that if I was kind of into it from the beginning, it would have been one of those shows that I probably would have watched or I would have carved out time for that. If I don't watch it live, I'll definitely record it, TiVo it, whatever, and then be be current as I kind of keep pushing through that season. And it's definitely one of my favorite shows. And I can thank Netflix for that, for me kind of getting, finding a show, getting into it, and then really start to finish really um, enjoying it. But I was trying to remember when I first started watching this and I I remembered it today that it was actually when I was studying abroad because even when you're, you're, you're studying abroad, like you're still going to classes. So there's still time during the day when, you know, you're living in a European city, but you can't just go out because in, you know, an hour you have class. So you just sit there and you, and you watch something and, we had Netflix. God knows I wasn't going to turn on TV. I don't know what what's going on in in, in that foreign language. Right. And um, so one of my classmates was like, "Oh, you got to watch a New Girl." So I started, and it was like the second season was on. 
Netflix. So I watched the first one and the second one and I was like, this is absolutely hilarious. And this was the first one, Austin, where I realized how it worked on Netflix with shows that were still on TV. Because mm-hmm. that was my junior year of college. I realized that, okay, the third season is going on right now. I'm not going to just start watching on Fox on Thursdays at 8 or whenever it aired. I don't know. Right. But when they started their fourth season, like let's say their fourth season started on September 1st, then on like September 2nd, all of season three would drop on Netflix. Right. And then you just crush it. And you basically wait an entire year for the next season, even though that season's going on at the same time. We watched it a little bit here or there. I think I think it's tough just because something comes up on a Thursday night that you can't watch it, so you miss it. Yeah. You're kind of like, oh, well, you know, not that you're missing a whole lot, but you, you, you just don't want that to happen. And, and, and especially now that how we're accustomed to watching TV shows on Netflix and stuff. So right. we watched a couple live. I believe I watched the entire last season live just because it was very important and I wanted to be able to do that. And um, but yeah, I think this was my the first series that I really watched exclusively. I could say on like streaming. Yeah. That wasn't like a Netflix only thing. Right. No, it's definitely, I, I really can credit Netflix to me getting into it. And I probably, I definitely think a little bit of season four, I think all of season five, I watch live on, on TV and then the same with, with six um, and with, with new girl, my favorite character changes a little bit and it varies by season. Like there's some characters who are, who who are great, like start to finish who are great. Like I don't have anything against any of the main five or six people that are on that show. Um, But what I will say is there are some seasons where I have a favorite character of that season of that group of that group yeah, yeah, yeah. Of, of of the people in the loft or the people that are who don't live in the loft like like cc doesn't live in the loft but but what i will definitely say is or or what i want to ask first rather so where i want to start is who is your favorite character overall on new girl overall um it's schmitty we built the schmitty on tootsie rolls he is just an absolutely insane character like from start to finish and i think the unfortunate part is i see a lot of myself in him of course you know uh, uh, do i need a douchebag jar maybe (laughs) it's his his delivery of lines the lines that are just so outlandish what um um are you making a frittata in a saucepan what is this prison (laughs) what is prison (laughs) move Listen, it might seem like I'm making a lot. I'm using a lot of tarragon. I ain't using a lot of tarragon. All right, it's my kitchen. Right. Can't buy my driving moccasins anywhere. <laughs> right. It's just. It, I'm I'm Gerard Depardieu. No, who do you think uh, I am? I'm Schmidt. Uh, <laughs> or, or or how he can't pronounce certain things, or he mispronounces yeah. them on purpose. It's just. Right. It's so outlandish, and so funny at the same time that that. There, I don't think there's ever been a character like it on on TV, and 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 it's pretty awesome. 
That's what I was gonna say. Like he was that first yeah, character. Here's this other thing. One, yeah. one, one, one final thing. He's so over the top, but with other characters that are so over the top that it's not believable, it's hundred percent believable. Sure. Like that guy, he's so over the top, but he he took, could exist in real life. Oh, absolutely, uh, absolutely. I I think that with with Schmidt, when I was watching that show, I was like, I've never seen a character like this before, and that's why I love Schmidt. I love Schmidt's great. Um, he's definitely, and I was always kind of back and forth, like Schmidt and Nick, Schmidt and Nick. And then like season four, Winnie, Winnie the Bish, Winston Bishop. He's great. F season four was massive, massive for Winston. And he's kind of a powerhouse throughout. Well, I'll, I'll tell you what the, the, the real turning point for Winston for me, I'm very much in, in your camp, you know, the, the. Uh, uh, Schmidt's number one. It goes back and forth between him and and Nick. Um, yeah, Winston's, you know, genius. I guess you could say, uh, uh, came through when when he adopted that cat Ferguson. Ugh. That Ferguson saved his saved his career. Winston, Winston was never bad, but Winston was fantastic from that point on. Oh my God, he definitely, and we can thank. Brenda Song from Sweet Life of Zach and Cody fame for for doing my boy doing my boy dirty and Winston just took the cat. Took the cat. Just <laughs> and that cat, great actor, great actor. God, the faces, my God. With Winston, Schmidt and Nick were so strong early on. Coach was there for the pilot, and then he didn't come back until halfway through season three. Was there for the remainder of season three, all of four. Came back from a. a came back for a couple episodes between uh, leaving in season four to the end of the series. But what I will definitely say is Winston just turns it on. At one oh. point. And, and the thing that I love about that show is, and now I'm thinking about it after you said it, like maybe there's Jess is in a majority of the scenes, but not every time issue the main focus of that scene yeah and and what i love about the loft great set there is so much was done throughout the series but them just kind of being at home and whether it was them playing true american or them hanging out watching tv them arguing about something them preparing uh a thanksgiving meal with with yeah. friends and family or literally people they met along the way but what, what, of course, but, um, all day, all day, Winston, but where I want to kind of go for a second and then we'll, we'll kind of, we'll bring it back together is, do you have a favorite supporting character? So someone who recurring character re, yeah, or a reoccurring character? Yes. I have two in mind. Okay. Outside Dave. Okay. That was mine. Outside Dave's great. Yes. No one explains how Outside Dave got there. No one explains what his, what his thing is. He's just a crazy man. And then my other one, I I I at first was like, okay, this guy's a, a weirdo. But then <laughs> Robbie. Robbie, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Robbie, Robbie. Yeah, Robbie is an interesting character. Just that how he's uh, dating Cece, total schmuck. Yeah. And then dates... N Jess at one point and right. a whole bunch of stuff that goes on, but then he's a member of 
Schmidt's ba- uh, bachelor party, you know, and right. it's just, and now he's like basically the singles awareness is one of the best episodes, out right. there, by the way, how he's just like the most interesting man alive. He becomes this like most interesting man alive kind of character. Right. Like this, like he, this sit in musician who has all of these accolades and all of these, these records. Something very interesting because that's his whole thing. Right. right. But the very first episode when Schmidt's trying to be like, what's your thing? Yeah. What's your deal? He asks, you like music? And he, and Robbie goes, I can't stand it. Yeah. <laughs> so that's clearly like the writers had no idea what they were going to do with this guy. And then they brought him back and they're like, I just forget about that line. We'll make him this musician. Um, yeah. But yeah. So the thing, what I love about like that actor right there, especially is for, for fans of the office, he was Nick, the IT guy, one, maybe one of the most notable IT guys of the many that were on The Office. But he plays the CeCe's second, I don't, I'm not sure if it was the second boyfriend because she was dating like the Deep V DJ guy for a little bit. And then Schmidt got involved and then Schmidt and CeCe broke up and then Robbie came in. So one yeah. of my favorite episodes of the entire series is season two, episode one, the relaunch party for Schmidt mm-hmm. at Nick's bar. And that's where we meet Blobby or Robbie. Yeah, and so can't stand music. Uh, was had never left California before. Crazy, right? Yeah. And then also someone who, based off of Schmidt's kind of like fire display rebranding, scared him off. Yeah. Um, but he he definitely has a couple episodes in season two, and he comes back a couple of different times. But outside Dave, for me, po- quite possibly the most well educated outside homeless person of of any really perhaps in the history of pop culture, but. With outside Dave and the stories that he with either animals or figurines that he can incorporate into his life and what he shows to them in terms of love and care and responsibility. He for me, that is the reason why he is my favorite recurring character on uh, New Girl. Yeah. It, 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 he's a good one. Just because again, it's just it's literally a guy that just hangs out on the street. Like yeah no value to any episodes there's two episodes where he had more of a role but zero like investment on the plot overall and so just someone who's there yeah now blobby blobby's great but my second favorite recurring character is can i guess sure is it uh never mind i i don't really guess okay I was thinking for a little bit, maybe Principal Foster, Curtis Armstrong. Oh, that was what I was going to say. But my f- second favorite character, Rob Reiner, Jess's okay. dad. Those were the two I was going to Jess's dad, pick, okay. I didn't know which one to pick. So, and love, love, okay, Jamie Lee Curtis, who is Jess's mom, Rob Reiner, who plays Jess's dad. <laughs> the throwback scenes with Jess's dad is great. <laughs> the fact that he was in a acapella group Farmer, uh, pharmacist quartet. Right, right. All the copays. The copays. <laughs> She's so high. That's great. But, and I love how the fact, well, he's kind of like entertaining the guests at his rehearsal dinner and that his crew is singing Sabotage. Yes. Uh, 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 acapella Sabotage. Dude, from the, the one the episode. Sound great. Yeah, great. But no, those those are the two. My fa- My favorite line in the history of New Girl is a tired Principal Foster who snaps back at Jess in the office. Who's, he's talking about how Jess is trying to, this is the episode where they get all like the food menus slid under the, 
slid under the door at the loft. Yeah. And Coach re meets CC. That, that's a really good episode. Um, uh, Chop Foo's, Pop Foo's restaurant. That's the yeah. name of the restaurant. And anyway, Jess is really trying to get a field trip for the kids, for her class, and to go to, to, go to the beach and ocean, whatever. And what happens with Principal Foster is he clearly did not have a full night of sleep the night before. <laughs> and he hadn't had his coffee yet. And he's just like, just this idea just sounds terrible. And he, apolog- he apologizes. He apologizes for his tone and says, I'm sorry for my tone. I had a chai tea very late. I have friends in from Montreal. <laughs> it's just, he is just like that. I don't want to say like sleazy, but potentially corrupt principal does not want to. I wouldn't say he's work. corrupt. I'll say he's overworked. Sure. He's definitely overworked, stressed. Underpaid. Yeah, it's a perfect stressed. personification of our public school system in this country <laughs> of ours. God bless. But no, those is is fantastic. Great. As you start to get more of the characters at Jess's school, you know, Angela from the office is in there. She's all right. Coach, when coach is a coach there, a weird science teacher who I believe goes by the name weird science teacher. I think that's his name. I think so. He has a great little sidebar. He has a fantastic role in the hit coming of age. Uh, film early 2000s grind where adam brody's character before he's talked out of quitting his job and going on the uh supporting his friend on the summer skate circuit the guy that plays a weird science teacher comes in orders some sort of um the restaurant was based on like a like a taco bell essentially and he essentially whatever he ordered he ate in one bite and when he was done with it realized that what he ordered wasn't what he ate (laughs) <laughs> it's great i'll have to send you some links but no, yeah he's well, we, we can do a whole nother show on grind oh grind and brink i think whoa, whoa. yeah oh, um sure. yeah and i think there's just a lot of good like characters that are just there for for one episode even you know or 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 things like that and i also feel like ones that come in like i thought coach's girlfriend was great yeah uh winston's girlfriend um who became his wife nasim pedra <laughs> yes i love it the, he was the, great yes the daily um r.i.p don pardo great snl announcer of all time not nasim pedra that's nasim great <laughs> um so plenty of plenty of good good characters uh right. along, along that as well so before we kind of round this episode out do you have a a favorite episode do you have a couple of favorite episodes that are maybe in your oh we should probably talk about this one though when so how about this this isn't a specific episode but a very interesting sequence i don't know if i don't know how many shows have done this but um during one of the final seasons zoe deschanel gets pregnant in real life and goes off to have a baby and they write her into a sequence where she's like a uh, uh, a member of a jury yeah, for like yeah. months, like this, like huge jury kid. duty, yeah. And they bring in a replacement, and the replacement is Megan Fox. Right. Megan Fox is probably there for Reagan. without Jess, I'd say like seven episodes. Yeah. Um, half of the season, pretty close, and then yeah. is subsequently there consistently and then sporadically throughout the rest of the season. So, what yeah. did you think about her? 
front row and everything. It was good. I, I, I mean, I it wasn't bad. It wasn't. It did not make me dislike her or where the show was going at that point. I knew because you you could kind of tell a little bit from early on, like that season, like season five, episode one, where they have Schmidt and Cece have the engagement party. Jess is only in like three, maybe four episodes after that, but you can tell a majority of her scenes are her sitting down. So like, you know, and I'm a like a oh, fan. Yeah, yeah. So like, you knew going into it, like, okay, this girl is not going to be in the whole season because she's pregnant and she's not pregnant on the show. They're probably not going to write Jess being pregnant into it at that time. So what's going to happen essentially at that point, the show was definitely established enough that established enough that they could have kind of done stuff without her. But I liked what they did. I mean, it was yeah. someone to you bring in a love interest for for Nick, someone who was was funny, someone who you kind of look after the first time her coming to the loft. She had known Cece in a past life. So like there's there's things that are there that complete they, opposite of Jess in a lot of ways. Yes, 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 yes. And then really kind of Winston kind of assumed like that mother role in the loft at that time too. Another reason why Winston was so strong in the later seasons. Yeah. Um, but no, overall, I would say that I'm good with it. She, yeah. So Megan Fox, who, who, who played Reagan, I'm good with it. Cool. So favorite episodes. Yes. I'll start with one that I think maybe we might probably both share, but it's okay. season two finale. Elaine's big day. Elaine's big day. So I have a top five, and that is in the top five, and it's actually five. Okay. Uh, I like this one because we're at Cece's wedding. She's getting married to, what is that gentleman's name? Shervang. Shervang. And a whole bunch of stuff goes wrong. Notable uh, uh, sequences include... Nick, we find out that Nick really loves Cotton Eye Joe. Oh. I think that's one of my favorite when they cut to him in the car and he's fist bumping <laughs> and he's playing the air uh, fiddle. Right. Um, right. Nick loves Cotton Eye Joe. Schmidt sequence with saying the ducks, like the air ducks. The ducks. The ducks. Um, Bucky the badger. Yes. Uh, being loose in the ducks. Uh, love the sequence where Sh- uh, Winston says, Hey, Jess. Yeah, I'm pretty sure this is it for us, but I'm just trying to stay calm. And then when he comes out of the ducks, I love two two sequences in that. One, I love the song that's playing. It's called "Drives Me." She drives me crazy by the Fine Young Cannibals. Incredible go. song. And then when at the end of it, uh, Winston turns to the bartender and says, "Yo, bartender, could you call an ambulance? I'm about to bleed out." Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> it just says it's so nonchalantly. It's right. So great. And then, of course, incredible cameo by the incomparable Taylor Swift. Of course. Without a doubt. I mean, it's got to be the biggest cameo. God, one of them. Like the one that was like, as you're watching it, it wasn't planned. So, like, no, there no. were Prince. We knew that was planned because they meet him in the first scene. So, you know, that's coming. Clayton Kershaw cameos. We don't know he's coming. That's not that big of a deal. Uh, no disrespect to him. And what he's done um, in his life, but Taylor Swift being in the audience and then just kind of popping up. She like, is Elaine, by the way. Yeah, Elaine. Yes. So, like, spoiler been, alert. Yeah. Right. Um, but no, Winston's great in that episode. Bucket the Badger. He sees him outside. That whole episode of them kind of just pranking the whole thing. That episode definitely 
is is one of the top five for yeah. sure. Yeah, that's a good one. For I love sure. that one. One of my other ones, I love the Prince episode. Okay. I think the Prince episode is fantastic. Yep. For a variety of reasons. I love just how they interact with Prince and Schmidt trying to get in and 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 stuff with like that. Um, I'll also say I really like Schmidt and Cece's wedding. That episode um I thought was was funny yet still you know had a had a lot to offer and 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 um like drove the characters forward and stuff like that so yeah i'd say like an other good episodes i i don't know why but i love the the halloween episode um where schmidt's abraham lincoln right and he said backup was always matthew mcconaughey and magic mike <laughs> and robbie just goes God, look at him. He is such a performer. <laughs> I was just thinking about Abraham Lincoln today. Uh, so was I. Right. right. <laughs> of course you were. <laughs> we all were. What does he say? Something like that. <laughs> we all were. But what what episodes uh, round out your top five? So five for me, Elaine's big day is big. Um, definitely love the, the, the CC and Schmitty wedding. But some of the ones that are in there for me, there's two in season four that are in the top five another episode of mine i mentioned it earlier like the relaunch season two episode one relaunch of schmidt very good. relaunching that that's one we a lot of people very good that that's in my top five as well the show or excuse me the episode my favorite episode of new girl i believe it's season four towards the end episode 15 episode 16 spider hunt oh yes and i was actually going to i was going to say my favorite quote one of my favorite quotes from the series isn't a quote but it's the exchange nick and jess have while nick is cooking his slop um the the, the, the miller sauce. the miller sauce yeah and nick thinks Jess is talking about a popcorn machine and Jess thinks they're talking about Cece. Yes. That's an incredible sequence. I'll leave yes. But, yes. Oh, it is. Spider Hunt is incredible because that's where you find out. You already knew Schmidt was crazy. Right. But that's when you find out how purely insane that man that man is. There's so many. It, just to kind of like take a, a backseat for a second there and then and then kind of round this out is Schmidt, someone so clean, someone so organized, someone who the entire show, you kind of see him implement like staying healthy and like staying clean, the sponge account, uh, his quest of being a millionaire, but someone who is very like routine based and organized, right? Yeah. Schmidt, we find out about two seasons into the show, does not know how to do laundry. Yeah. Which I think is crazy, right? Yes. But that spider hunt episode, there's a couple of things that stand out. But number one thing is what you just said, that exchange right there, but thinking about one thing and thinking about CC, the other about the popcorn machine. We will, on a trial basis, get a popcorn machine. Okay. Oh, yeah. The other two in that episode are this. Number two, American Pie. It was 1999. American Pie sweeping the nation. Doing it with Everyone's doing it with pies. All right. <laughs> and then... And then number three is 
what I definitely will say is, and I say this all the time, it's the one of the first lines that Nick says that episode when he's creating the sauce. Clockwise, baby, don't fight it. <laughs> like he's been in that sauce. Yeah. And then you see him put all of these things in there. And the only thing that he really can confidently uh, prepare for a meal is the sauce. And yeah. when he is, when they're, when they're looking for the spider and they're taking turns and they're going throughout the loft, Winston is left in charge of the sauce. And Nick comes back and says, how long did this go unstirred? And Winston's like, I don't know, 40, 45. And Nick very seriously said, is it 40 or 45? Like you see him put all the mayo and the stuff in there. It's incredible. And Fawn Moscato, who all she wants to do is to get a commuter lane to Costa Mesa. Yeah. But what I definitely will say <laughs> is not only is that my favorite episode, but I feel like every member of the loft and CC is strong as well. I think all of them, that episode really shows like the core and like the, like the epitome of what those characters are and they do it better than any episode in the entire series. You have both coach and Winston. It's not like one of them are gone. It's everyone in there. Everyone has pretty good uh, screen time, but then the, the episode ends and they go back because Schmidt once a year coach will allow him to go on his shoulders and carry him around. And, and they show the thing about how he already could looking for the spider and coach said, no, you don't get to do this because you used it like two weeks ago when you wanted to be 10 foot tall, Ralph Macchio. <laughs> but no, that episode is great. That's probably, yeah. that's my favorite by far. Another episode earlier in season four is called landline. Oh, where yeah. They get the phone for the loft. And Nick, who works at night, is home during the day. And There's so going on in construction. Yeah, construction is like ruining the cell reception for them. Right. And they can only have like one little thing, like one area of the loft to have the conversation. So that happens with that. One of my favorite throwback scenes is Nick and Winston hanging out as kids and they're on the phones because he said how Winston's really good on the phone. But when when Schmidt has supposed to have the phone interview for the businessman the businessman magazine, he comes up with the acronym about Schmidt. Some can have money. I desire thoughtfulness. Schmidt, don't quit. And, and, but what happens, there's so many good things. Like that episode ends with Winston who likes to go to the driving range to watch. He meets a girl and then it, it, it doesn't work out because she's crazy. And then Nick just decides, you know what? I'm going to go ahead and end this for you. Because he wouldn't tell Winston, just wouldn't tell Nick if he was into the girl, and it wasn't like an important person. This girl. Why would you do that? Why would you do that? Why would you? Do um, that? Or when he goes, when when they're pressing Winston and Schmidt goes, well, have you have you slept with her? And he goes, right. I, I don't know. And then it cuts to something else, and they come back, and Schmidt goes, Winston, how do you not know if you slept with someone? Just how do you not know if you made love to somebody? <laughs> right, 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 right. Um, but that's Judy. I think it might, it's, it's Judy or something. And it's like, um, that's Judy. You play golf. I like to watch. I like to watch. <laughs> <laughs> but that is a very good one. I'm gonna throw in another one too. Sure. The Batman. Oh, that was on my honorable mention list. Okay. That yeah. is fantastic. It's a fantastic episode. Basically, what happens is uh, Michael Keaton has been writing. Schmidt notes for years since he was a child since he was a child since he was a Batman in actuality it turns out that it's just Schmidt's mom writing to Schmidt anytime 
And then uh, in college, Nick took it over. Right. So Schmidt was feeling pretty down about himself because he had, you know, broken up with CC, basically cheated on both CC right. and uh, Elizabeth. But yeah. anyway, so that's just a great episode. And one of the best scenes is when Schmidt <laughs> punches, punches Winston's jack-o'-lantern and Winston just goes, my pumpkin! My pumpkin. <laughs> I love it. Bites the pumpkin and oh, spits it out. Spits it out. It's crazy because like Schmidt is definitely upset and then you like, there's a scene of him just eating a block of cheese. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's a problem too. <laughs> like, that episode is great. Like, he hey, squirts, by the way, when he squirts mayo in yes. his mouth. Oh, oh, come God. on, Obama! <laughs> right, tanks come in, tanks go out, <laughs> the world goes on. <laughs> but no, that that episode is great as well. The only other episode to gone, and I'm not sure where I'd rank it, but the Tinfinity is good. It's it's a really good Schmidt and and Nick episode, um, and a lot of other stuff goes down in that episode. But that's that's definitely a strong one. But no, I, I think the sp- spider hunt for me is my favorite all time. Um, and I just think that that show, like to kind of bring it back to what we said earlier, is a show like Seinfeld. I did originally did not watch it chronologically, but it's a show that I can pick a thing here or there and watch it, even if it's from the beginning or pick it up if it's on TV and do it from the end or the middle, excuse me, do it from the watch it from the middle and and love it some of them i can remember the first time i ever watched the episodes and then others over time i can uh add more to my list and and rank them it's great it's it's just an easy watch it's so funny it's so different but i think it's very relatable to people our generation i think it was once people have been calling it like uh almost the millennial seinfeld sort of thing and that's kind of what it is you know a bunch of people living together well into their thirties, um, in a loft and in, in, in LA, but it's, it's, it's really great. And it's great how different they all are, but that they're still, you know, friends. Um, right. Is, is it's a fun show. Definitely, definitely, definitely recommend. And I'll probably go put it on the TV after we're done talking here. Yeah. This is what we'll do. You were on two of the first five episodes of season one, and now we're on season two. And what we'll do is when you come back and join me for ep- your fourth appearance on Live On Set, we will discuss Peaky Blinders. Mm. That's what we'll do. That's what we'll do. And we'll, we'll lock it in now. The cloud's got it. You got it. We'll do it. Um, but that'll be the plan. The plan will be to talk Peaky Blinders. And I'll watch a couple episodes of Superstore for you. Just joyous news. But no, I, I want to thank you so much for, for coming on today. I know that the, this podcast, I, when, I, when I set out to kind of start this journey and, and have these meaningful conversations with people, and I said this when I kind of wrote up kind of like my, my, I guess like my thoughts and feelings about season one, to have those meaningful conversations, to, to talk with my friends, family, people I meet along the way about pop culture. And that season one, it really reignited my passion my love and passion for pop culture and it's episodes like these that make me want to keep coming back. So thank you to Connor. This is his third appearance on live on set. I cannot wait for episode four. So I got to do my homework and do more than just say, I'll check it out when it comes to Peaky Blinders. So thank you so much, Connor, for, for coming on the show today. Any 
last words before I take it away? God bless you. <laughs> God bless you and your family. Gosh, you're so kind. Uh, great words from a great man. Thank you so much, Connor, for taking the time out today to join me on set for your third go around. We'll see you soon. Another time before we close out season two of Live on Set where we're going to talk Peaky Blinders. But that's going to do it for us today on Live on Set. Uh, Live on Set, the weekly pop culture podcast where I'm talking film, music, sports, television with my friends, family, and people I meet along the way. Thanks again to Connor, and we will see you next week for another episode of Live on Set. Much love. Have a good week.